Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You got problems that you ought to be concerned with. Hoorah! You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now you're here. Hello, and welcome to Bad With Money, a show about finances and feelings where we don't talk down to you. I'm your host, Gabby Dunn. Uh, I apologize for my voice. I'm a little bit sick. Uh, So if I sound sexier than usual, that's why. This week on the show, we have my Just Between Us co-host, my ride or die, my podcast buddy, business partner, Allison Raskin on the show to talk about Netflix's Selling Sunset. I was very interested in this show because I didn't know anything about it and I didn't really understand the the phenomenon around something involving luxury during a time when uh, everyone was locked indoors and it was a pandemic because I think uh, the show started in 2019. It got very big in 2020. And, you know, I was catching up with some of the, the stars of it uh, and their lives after we recorded this episode. They really did benefit a lot from being on the show and from the show airing and getting so popular in that they can now make huge amounts of commission. Uh, but I also read a recent article on Business Insider with Mary Fitzgerald, who's one of the stars of the show, saying that now there's a lot of fake clients and they have to be really cautious about vetting people and also about their safety, which is something we do get into in this episode. So I'm very excited to talk about this show with Allison. Uh, It's a show that she really loves and it's kind of actually a really positive episode in which I learn a lot more than I already knew about the show, which was just about Chris Shell being queer. Spoiler alert. Um, So please enjoy. Hello, Allison Raskin. Welcome to Bad With Money. Can you tell my audience who you are and what you do? I'm a a writer. I'm a mental health advocate. I'm the co-host of your other podcast, Just Between Us. I don't know. How would you describe me? That's more fun. I I think those are all the things. Uh, Mental health advocate, number one, author of books. Also, uh, reality television watcher. Okay, so... I said, what do you want to talk about? And we have not done anything on this show that is really real estate related. And so you you wanted to talk about the show Selling Sunset. I have not watched Selling Sunset. I did not know it was in its sixth season. And I did some research, as I always do. And this show is a phenomenon. When did you start watching it? And and were you watching it when it was blowing up? I think so. I started watching it during the pandemic. Probably mm. I must have started watching it in 2020. I did. So it was maybe on like season three. And I did a weird thing where I watched the most recent season. And then I went back and watched season one and two. Um, so did you watch the first two episodes for this as discussed? 
I watched the first two episodes. Yeah. And I I can see, okay, so even from just watching those episodes, I was like, this all feels like vaguely familiar. And so I went and did some research and it is produced by Adam DeVello, who did produce Laguna Beach and The Hills, which makes complete sense because it's structured exactly like Laguna Beach and The Hills. The people look like the people from Laguna Beach and The Hills. There's music cues that are almost exactly like Laguna Beach and The Hills. So I was like, oh, what happened was we all watched these as as teenagers and then we grew up and now we just want to know about real estate and they just did this again for us now in our 30s. See, I never watched those shows. Really? Yeah, I only started watching reality TV like in my mid-20s probably with like The Bachelor. Um, So I was like not Mm. a reality person, but The Bachelor was my gateway show. And so now I've I've watched, uh, you know, Indian Matchmaker, Vanderpump Rules. You're the one that I want? No, what's what's it called? Are you the one? Are you the one? Are you the one? Yeah. Honestly, you're the one that I want was a reality competition to see who could play Danny and Sandy on Broadway's revival of Greece. And I did watch that. And the girl has gone on to have a very successful Broadway career. Oh, I'm so glad. Um, I was about to say that probably is the name of a real show. And then you were like, it actually is the name of a real show. So, okay. So the first season premiered with eight episodes on Netflix on March 21st, 2019. I think everything blew up like similarly to what you said during the pandemic. I think 2020, everyone's locked inside and all of a sudden everyone just wants to catch up and watch Selling Sunset because everybody is just on Netflix scouring for content. And so this show... I mean, comes a phenomenon. I looked up and it apparently had like more, like eight times the amount of viewers as like a regular Netflix reality show. This is just like, I don't, this is just stats because Netflix is notoriously shady about their numbers, but this is just stats that I could find online. And basically the premise of the show is that a real estate agency named the Oppenheim Group is these two brothers, the Oppenheim brothers, Jason and Brett, they're twins. And they are like the biggest real estate group in like the West Hollywood, Hollywood Hills area. Like they sell houses that are in the like hundred millions, right? No, no. They sell- yes, they do. Well, no, like in the in the first season, they had they got a forty million dollar listing. Right. So yeah, they they sell they for sell like tens people. tens of millions, but not hundreds. Yeah. Well, they sell two people who have net worths of hundreds of millions. Yes, right. There was one scene where he's like, "Go out and find someone with a two hundred fifty million uh, net worth, and even if they're not looking for a house, bring them in." And so, what appealed to you about this? I think it's the characters. I think I honestly, like, I weirdly really like a lot of the girls. And um, I also think that, like, it's fun to, like, look at real estate. So, like, you're having these scenes that are, like, typical of, like, a reality show scene maybe. But it's, like, in the most gorgeous house you've ever seen. (laughs) It's, like, getting to go to open houses without leaving your place. Um, It's a lot of, like, voyeuristic, like, fantasy. um, Like, oh, my God, I would have that. I would do that. And then it's, like, ugh, I wouldn't have my kitchen look like that in my $10 million home, you know? (laughs) 
are like, why pay that much for such a small pool? Like, it's like the thoughts that you have are so bananas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially in Los Angeles, it's really, it was really a glimpse into the, the way that LA is divided. Where, like, there is, you know, such poverty downtown and then there's such wealth. And I often look at these, like, big houses and I think, well, why? Like, just it'll be like Justin Bieber's house, you know, 16 rooms. And I'm like, does he have 16 friends staying over? Like, I don't understand. Like, I, I, I'm sort of like, what do you need those rooms for? And But then when you look at it, it's like, it's so beautiful. Like, the architecture is so interesting. The way it's put together is so beautiful. But the the casualness of which these people are just like, uh, yeah, like, there's one scene where there's, like, a woman and it's, like, a stunning house. And the, like, woman in the couple is like, I don't like the walls. <laughs> and that's just like, what planet? Like, we live on, I live on a worse planet, I think. And so also, okay, so I want to bring up controversy first before we dive into the episodes. Okay. I love controversy unless I'm at the center of it. Right. No, this is other people's controversy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, okay. So I want to say also, uh, and then I'll get into how I even know about this show. But okay, so uh, I was reading about how in the Daily Mail, a real estate agent in LA said that the Oppenheim brothers are real. But no one has ever come across the women they work with. And the girls were just like hired on the show as like a as like actors. And that um, then Chrissy Teigen, like in 2020, went on, I don't know, wherever she goes to cause problems. And like, I guess it was during the pandemic and everyone was like, we need stuff to talk about. Uh, she said, I look at L.A. real estate a lot. I've never seen any of these people. Neither have our agents who I've obsessively asked. And the show, the girls were hired on the show to make the show sizzle. So then one of the stars, the, the our, our ingenue who enters the scene in the, uh, whose arrival begets the show in the first episode, Chriselle Staus says uh, that she actually does have a real estate license and she even posted it online to defend herself against these accusations. What say you? They're all licensed. It's all, I think that <laughs> they are. Like they, if, if you look into it, they all have their real estate license. Um, one of my friends actually had, had come across Davina in, in her work as a, as a real estate agent. Um, you know, I think that now that the show is a phenomena, I don't know how much of their time is spent being agents versus being a famous person. But I think I think they all definitely work there. And, you know, I think the one casting was Chriselle because she was the new girl. So I think she was definitely cast and brought in. But I think everyone else was working there. What they did do, though, is I believe a lot more people worked there than our main characters. So they narrowed it down to the people that were TV friendly. Um, and mm-hmm. sort of like, if you'll notice, it's like all men, all women. But I think there were like mm-hmm. some men who work there. They just like don't show them. I was like actually really taken in by that. It's like an all female cast. I was like, oh, this is smart. Like these real estate agents are like these hot girls because that's like a strategy to bring people in to buy the houses, which comes up in the first episode as something that I thought was a really interesting take on this. And also in the true crime space, you often see. Uh, women real estate agents uh, are victims of crimes or are are killed because of the way that the, it's easy to get them a loan. They want to make commission. They want to make a sale. Um, so I'll I'll get into that in a in a second because it comes up with Maya. Uh, I only know about this show 
because Chriselle is dating a queer musician named G Flip. So this is how I even learned about this. So I saw the music video of Chriselle with a non-binary Australian musician G Flip called Get Me Out of Here, which is a very sexy music video giving us Pam and Tommy, giving us like queer sort of like um, Dave Navarro and Carmen Electra vibes. And then everyone was like, the girl from Selling Sunset is queer. And I was like, a queer person's on this show? And so I was sort of like backflipped into it, <laughs> into having any interest in this show by her being queer. So when it starts, she she's married to the guy from This Is Us, which is a twist I did not see coming. Chriselle's trajectory on this show and personal development on this show <laughs> is worth the watch. I mean, it's unbelievable the things that this poor woman goes through and how she continues to pick herself up and like, find new life and find new parts of herself and like continue to, to be a positive force. And like, it's really unbelievable. I mean, I don't know how much I want to spoil for you, but like she, okay. she dates Jason in season five. I saw that too. And it was like a real, and it was like this wonderful thing of like, Oh, I think finally they're going to be, you know, she's finally going to get her happy ending, but he wouldn't have kids with her. And so that's the only reason they broke up. I mean, they were very much in love, very compatible as a couple, but he wouldn't have kids. And so she wants kids. And so she broke up with him and then went on to date this like much younger, like rock star kind of person. (laughs) Yeah. Which is like kind of an interesting twist for someone whose like thing was that they wanted to have kids. And now she's like kind of living a non-traditional life. I mean, maybe she'll have kids with, with G flip, but I I think think G flip wants kids is what I read. And they're like in their twenties has not fallen for a wily non-binary musician who amongst us. (laughs) So I also like the idea that this person was married to the guy from This Is Us truly broke my brain after only knowing he dumped her via text message 45 minutes before the media broke the story. So that's that's where I came at this show. So now let's go into episode one. Okay, beautiful shots of Los Angeles. We meet Jason and Brett Oppenheim. I noticed that these people are all women. We meet Mary, Maya, who's Israeli, Heather... Christine and Chriselle. Um, and everybody's pretty. And Christine's a bitch, I guess, is her whole thing. And then Maya uh, and Heather are both in long-distance relationships. Mary's boyfriend is like a toddler, I think. So the catalyst for all this is that Chriselle comes in and she's the new hire. And she's saying, oh, I'm married to this actor. I want to sell more stuff in the Valley that could be more residential. Um, And so we come to see their $40 million house that they are trying to sell, that everyone's going to compete for. And it's, okay, I wrote this down. 20,000 square feet, five bathrooms, nine bedrooms, 15 car garage, pool. Okay, I wrote down four hot tubs? Four? How many people are over that you need four hot tubs? I feel like it's not enough bathrooms for how big it is. Just piss in the hot tubs. (laughs) Then, okay, then they showed these power lines and they're like, the view is going to actually be better because we're we're spending $400,000 to drop the power line. I mean, it's real estate porn, right? It's like, it's like 
wealthy porn. Like it's like, oh yes, my my twenty thousand foot house where I like, oh I can't I can't dare look at a wire. <laughs> <laughs> but why do you think okay, so during the pandemic, everyone was like not making money, losing but like everyone was like so against this kind of um luxury and wealth and then how 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 did this survive somehow i have to imagine that part of it is that it's these people they're not the ones buying the houses right Mm. so it's almost like i have to manipulate rich people into spending exorbitant amounts of money so that i can survive (laughs) right and that feels relatable Right. Oh my God. I hadn't even thought of that. That's so smart. Yeah. Because the house is worth X, Y, and Z. And then they, it'll say what the commission is on it. And the commission will be like, you know, $150,000 if they can land this. The thing is, is that the brothers take a big cut of the commission. Right. The brothers take a cut. And then, so it's, it is actually about these working girls who are working and they, you're right. They're, they're dealing with these rich people who, uh, now that I think about it, are not portrayed particularly well. The one woman who is like, I don't like this wall. Let's, this this house sucks. Or like the the fact that the, the people that are uh, going to purchase this largest property in LA want to pay half a million dollars to bring down power lines. Like we're kind of laughing at them almost in, in a little bit of a way that I hadn't quite realized until you just brought it up. Like the, 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 we are meant to relate to the girls. I think so. And then it's like the hustle culture of the girls, right? Cause they're hustling and they're out there and they're trying to get people and they're, you know, there's pressure from their male bosses and they've got to deliver and they have all their self-esteem tied up and how many houses do they make? And then the power dynamics within the office and balancing their love life and their work, you know, it's like, it's different than if it was on the side of like the person looking for the house. <laughs> right. Right, and it, it it does almost feel like scamming, even though it's not. Where he, I did mention earlier that he says, find people who are worth two hundred and fifty million dollars, even if they're not looking for a house, and get them to look at this house. So it's not scamming, but it does feel like get out there, find them, take their money. So then we see uh, Maya, and she's showing a five million dollar house that has a one hundred and sixty seven thousand dollar commission on it. It's a Harry Gessner house. Um, it, it is a very beautiful. Uh, she says it's like great because you can live near celebrities. I've never once thought it would be great to live near celebrities. So she's so this is fascinating to me. So we see her with a client named Tal, who is the whole time she's showing the house, he's hitting on her. This is beautiful. You add a lot of value to this. I'd like to see you in the pool. Flirting, flirting, flirting. And she says it's not professional, but you have to play the game. So what's your take on this on the this situation and showing this? Because I thought that was actually really like a cool feminist way to go with this. I'm very skeptical about how real any of the buyers are mm. um, because I know that like one of the people that came to an open house was like someone I know's friend who like was clearly like just there to be in the show. You know, like it wasn't someone yeah, who's yeah, looking yeah. for like a $3 million house. So I, I have a feeling that that guy was told to behave that way. Maybe he was already predisposed to do that. Maybe they like 
egged him on. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I would be surprised if that was an organic thing that happened, but I do think it's a good thing to show because I'm sure it is something that does happen rather frequently. To female real estate agents especially, and she even is says, you know, I'm married. Not that it should matter, but she says, I'm I'm married. And he's still like, why don't we get a drink? Why don't we get dinner? Why don't we talk about the houses? And I'm sure if you're a real estate agent and you're listening to this, you must be like, oh, I got stories. Let me tell you. So this is like, I mean, episode one, right off the bat, they want to show you all this luxury. They want to show the girls wearing Louboutins, all this kind of stuff. And then they immediately get into like, actually, this is like kind of shady and can kind of be a little dangerous. Yeah. It's also wild to look at their style season one and their style now. Like the fact that Heather was just like wearing a shirt and jeans. I was like, she would never. Like they- <laughs> really. At, They've become like now they are constantly like high level fashion dressed up always for every single event meeting thing like to see them just like dress pretty casually. I was like, oh, this show has like changed them like they they dress very differently than they used to. And they were still always stylish. But now it's like next level. It's like not a regular person stylish. Yeah, I mean, so they're making money off of being on this show, too, which kind of, like, takes away the necessity of the hustle that you see in season one, I imagine. Yeah, and even, you know, on the show, on top of the show, they're probably also getting a ton of brand deals. They're getting a lot of other opportunities. You know, they're becoming influencers as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, like, it's – Chriselle just, like, booked a movie, like, I think, like, you know, like (laughs) – there's buy-in right like there's a there's a suspension of disbelief around like how much do you really need to to sell this <laughs> but that's right. more that's more later seasons i think than than the beginning yeah we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed if you need to hire you need indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because when I'm looking to work with someone, I really need to be able to get someone fast. My job works very fast. Podcasts work very fast. And I've actually been looking for an assistant and I don't need to waste time sorting through matches without getting the highest quality person, right? When I'm looking to hire someone, whether that's a grant writer or a musician or something like that, it's very overwhelming because you get a lot of messages, but you're not able to like parse through yourself which ones are actually worth looking at. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Have you been using Mint to manage your finances? First, the bad news. Mint is shutting down. Now, good news. There's a better alternative. Monarch Money. Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it. That's right. 
I use Mint and now I'm using Monarch Money. It is very stressful, confusing, and time-consuming to manage my finances. I've tried other finance apps. They don't really work. Like, you know, I was very committed to Mint and then I was uh, deeply sad when Mint went away. But now I have tried Monarch. It's so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I mean, I really value a company that is proactively looking at how to make finances easier. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top-rated personal finance app, also has built-in collaboration features so that you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Can you imagine being able to have a budget app with your partner? That is wild. You can see all your finances. You can collaborate on your budget. You can get insights on your cash flow and reoccurring transactions. It's a very easy way to manage a household's finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all your tags and categories. Monarch is the most customizable budget app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y slash bad money for your extended 30-day free trial. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Teams buried in manual work, taking forever to close the books. Getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, you should know these numbers. 37,025 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. If you have all the information about your business in one place, you can make way better decisions. And this is an unprecedented offer, meaning this is totally worth your time. As someone who runs a business, having all of this together in order to close my books, that would be invaluable. It's a time saver. It's literally the biggest time saver. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. That's netsuite.com slash badwithmoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I mean, 
So we then we meet Chriselle's sister, Shonda, and we hear more about Chriselle. And Chriselle grew up in poverty. She grew up being homeless. She mentions that she was a smelly kid because they didn't have running water. She clearly has a lot of trauma around money. They have lunch. They reminisce about a time that she like got a box from church that was just full of random stuff in order for them to have Christmas presents. Chriselle starts crying. It's a very interesting scene again to put into a show that is like luxury high end look at these homes look at these cars look at these you know to to make us relate to the girls and how much they and I'm sure like any job sales real estate anyone listening whose job relies on commission I'm sure you feel that like stress all the time because you're not making an income unless you're working 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 and they kind of show that in the second episode with Heather, where she goes away for a week and comes back, and it's like, while she's gone, she's not making money. Do you know anything about Chriselle's backstory? Is all of this sort of checked out? Is it true? Yeah, it's true. Um, wow. Yeah, she grew up She grew up um, in poverty and tries to give back a lot. Um, I think then when she goes through her divorce, it's a really big deal for her when she buys her own house on her own following the divorce. Um, She's like a deeply, deeply relatable and lovable character. And I think that in a lot of ways, she is what ties the show together. And I think you Mm -hmm. can see that and that she's kind of, her and Christine are sort of the main breakout stars of it. Um, But yeah, it's like, I think it's also a reminder that like, yeah, you can have a lot of money. You can look beautiful and your husband can still leave you. <laughs> and like, and then the guy that you think is going to be your next husband cannot want to have a kid with you. And yeah. like, you go on dancing with the stars and, and you start dating this great guy through there. And then you have a disastrous breakup. Like, you know, like it is sort of this reminder that like money doesn't save you from trauma. And also that the trauma of poverty lasts. That she's in this new world and a lot of people I think go into a new world and they feel immense guilt, even like survivor's guilt from leaving behind friends, family, or trying to help friends and family, having different pulls to where they need to put their money than other rich people around them. So it's like, you know, it's this thing that is very hard to leave behind. And Chriselle is clearly showing that it is really hard for her to leave that behind. I will say after those three disastrous uh, heterosexual relationships, I'm glad to see her just becoming queer. So although I was trying to find hints of her being queer in the first season, like she does say everybody is pretty a lot. So I was kind of like, hmm, I was sussing it out. I don't think I don't think she knew she was. No, I don't think she did. I was just trying to I was trying to find little I was trying to find little clues. But that's like kind of been like what's cool about her experience is like she's open to stuff. She's open to changing. Mm -hmm. She's open, you know, and, and she also I think does a really excellent job of showing what it's like to put up boundaries with a bully. Mm. Um, you know, like Christine, like expects to be able to treat people badly and to be forgiven and to treat people badly and to be forgiven. And I think Rochelle sort of sets the tone for like, no. (laughs) Yeah. So that'll come up later as well. Christine, who is full of pop culture references, mentions that she got a doctor to prescribe Adderall, took a bunch of Adderall, studied for three months and got her real estate license, which is incredible. Christine is giving me strong Cheyenne Dunn vibes. Don't say that. Okay, I won't say it, but it's what I'm getting thus far. Uh, Mary's boyfriend is a 25-year-old French man uh, who's beautiful. 
they talk about the tall situation and they're at dinner and they all are like, oh, yeah, we've had that same thing happen to us with men. You know, we as female real estate agents, we've experienced this before. If you're serious, like bring Jason with you to the showing, which sucks. It sucks that they're all like they all just have to live with this. And that's just like a thing that they all know that they have to live with. And that Maya is, uh, I think, I don't know if it's in this episode or the next one, but the guy is like, have a drink, have a drink, have a drink. And she's like, no, no, trying to put up a lot of boundaries. And let me tell you, Israeli women don't fuck around. Like, I can't believe, like, this This is a, a woman who does not fuck around. So I was like, oh, wow, he's really trying it. So, I mean, it does end off in a way that is like, they're they're catty with each other, but they're supportive of each other. I would say that the majority of the women are supportive of each other, which is what I really like about this show, aside from Christine wow. and Davina. I don't know Davina. Davina's not real to me yet. <laughs> so also, I just want to point out that Chris Shell at one point says Mary's hot, just a reference to her potentially being gay in the future. Okay, so episode two, I watched the second episode. Okay, so Heather has a hockey player boyfriend. And now this hustle culture thing comes up where she's away in Slovakia. They don't think she works enough. And she's worried she doesn't work enough. And so this is where we get into the um, personal life versus professional life aspect of it all. So what what does that mean to you? Like, what is this showing? And what what do you think about the showing women being like, our, your professional life is going to take a hit because of your personal life. I mean, I think it's realistic. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. it's like really, uh, you know, I've heard people say that I'm either, f- you know, when I'm doing a great job at one thing, I'm failing at the other thing. Um, I also think that like kind of some of the women are set up in bad situations where it could exacerbate it, you know. So for Heather, like the fact that her boyfriend's in another country and, you know, from Maya, like, unfortunately, like her husband had recently relocated to Florida. And so she's having to go back and forth, you know, so it makes it much harder than if like your partner is like also in Los Angeles and easy to see at night. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like we worked with, you know, a real estate agent um, when we were looking for a house and like, yeah, like his life was work like he and he even wants to be an actor and writer. So this was like his side hustle. But he would like on a Saturday have to drop this to come see that like we became friends and we invited him to our housewarming party and he like had to leave after 40 minutes because he had to go to an open house like you don't get to have like regular hours with this kind of job but also like some of the advantages are that you can make a a lot of money that like maybe there is flexibility to also be doing other things Mm -hmm. um but i think it is a realistic portrayal of of the fact that like a lot of times you're having to to sacrifice something Our real estate agent in uh, New Jersey, uh, she is apparently the mayor of, like, she runs the town. She knows everyone's stuff. She's this tiny old woman. And she, we see her name everywhere on every house. She's, like, cornered the market of this weird small town in New Jersey. And, like, she uh, is, she used to throw, she told us pre-COVID, she threw, like, a 200-person Christmas gala at her house every year. Like, a huge legendary party she okay so also here's the other thing is that i think she lied to us about someone passing away in our house lied or didn't disclose didn't disclose well i didn't allison i didn't go hey no one died here right and you know what that's on me that's on me it's not a lie i don't think they have to tell you that oh my god 
So, okay. So how did you find your real estate agent? We were in Mexico and we had told my dad that we were planning to move in together in the new year. My dad was like, great. I want to sell the condo and get a house. And we were like, okay. (laughs) And so he started immediately looking at houses um, while on vacation. And then we like inquired about one and then got a phone call from an agent. And it was the guy we ended up working with. And um, what's a funny thing is, is, is he then like helped my dad, my parents actually recently bought a condo near my new place and helped with that sale as well. But like in the middle of that had to go to, I believe another country to shoot um, a role in a Dennis Quaid film. (laughs) (laughs) Came back, you know, to finish it up. (laughs) That's LA baby. That's the sort of, that's a LA story. And Chriselle, she's an actress. She was on, she was a soap opera actress prior to this. So that's why, like, um, Mal, we have, like, a diner near us, and the wait- some of the waiters there are very attractive. And Mal's like, in a New Jersey diner, you would never have a waiter this hot. And I'm like, welcome to L.A., baby. Um, yeah, but so, he just, like, randomly called us, and then we ended up working with him, and he's helped with two different things. You have to have, with a realtor, that's why these women are so on and they're so, like, personable, because you have to have – Someone who is like going to jive with you and and is listening to you and is going to show you stuff that you are actually going to like versus like we had one woman who was just just was disorganized and wasn't show like wasn't listening to what we were saying. And Mal felt very awkward being like, we can't we don't want to work with you because they have these contracts, which comes up because the contracts are sort of on the premise that they are going to be finding you stuff that matches what you want. And they're usually short a month, maybe like you give them a month or a couple months. But I don't know if they have that at Oppenheim because there's a whole thing where Maya is upset because Tal says he's been seeing other real estate agents. And that's a faux pas. So then we meet Catherine, who is a stager. And then Heather, in this beautiful home, her boyfriend calls her to say, I'm actually going to Sweden for two years. And then she's uh, upset in this beautiful home and she has to leave the stager to do the staging, which I forgot that the, the houses are staged. I completely forgot that people have fake furniture and fake things in the houses, but of course they do. And this woman's whole job is to stage houses, and I love that for her. But, uh, yeah, the boyfriend has decided to go to Sweden to play hockey for two years. Didn't consult her? Also, in one in one scene, she is on the phone with him, and you can see that the phone is not calling anyone. So uh, I think they just had her redo some real heartbreaking shit real fast. Uh, a great example of you could be in the most beautiful places in the world. And your boyfriend will still not consult you before deciding to sign a contract in Sweden for two years. Yeah, that scene like really bummed me out because like it makes Heather look so unprofessional. Um, Yeah. In this way that like I don't know if that's accurate to what she's normally like. And if so, I guess that's okay. But like if they just set that up for her for the show, which feels like they did, like, I don't know, just makes her seem like she doesn't take it seriously, that she's not good at her job, like, you know, that she's like putting this stager out. And I get that you have to like have drama for a show like this, but that was a part where I was like, oh, this isn't showing them 
in a favorable light. Yeah, that she's like, oh, I have to take this while she's working because it's her boyfriend who's in Slovakia. I did think that that made her look unprofessional. I also... She also says at one point, I used to be the top selling girl. So then it made me say, what happened? Was it this boyfriend in Slovakia? So then Mary and Chriselle have a shared birthday party because of course, why not? Why not have a shared birthday party with someone you just met? And there's an interesting thing that comes up here where she says, they want to meet the boyfriend. And she says, of course, my coworkers are my family, which is already a red flag. And Jason's like, I want to meet him. And she's like, well, I don't need your approval. And then I think Christine says, the Slovakia boyfriend. And then it becomes clear that Jason just wants Heather to stay in LA because he wants her to keep making money for the brokerage. But what do we think of the uh, the phrase, my coworkers are my family? Look, it's not great. I totally understand that some work environments lead you to believe that that is true. But, you know, I think I think part of the problem with this office is that it is so intertwined in that, like, their relationships with each other matter just as much as their work. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't need to be the case. <laughs> yeah. But it's also what makes, you know, good TV. Well, the problem here is that uh, Jason makes it seem like he wants to meet the boyfriend and it's like in a family-friendly way and then it's actually kind of revealed that he just doesn't want to lose a worker. You know, I definitely have been guilty of believing that my workplace was a family. Uh, I think I have someone in my life right now, a sibling, let's say, who believes that about her workplace. <laughs> and uh, and it just allows everyone to treat each other like shit. <laughs> I mean, it definitely blurs the lines, right? It blurs the lines between like what you would accept as okay from a coworker versus a friend. Um, mm-hmm. It makes it feel like you are obligated to go to a lot of like social events that maybe you wouldn't want to go to. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I think I think it becomes kind of this interesting thing of like you know once Chriselle and Chris Christine have like their falling outs. Um, Like, Christine not understanding that, like, you can work with somebody without being their friend. I mean, we get that question to JBU a lot, to our other show, about if it's, if you're obligated to be friends with your coworkers. Um, And we often say no, but it does probably hinder you from raises and promotions and stuff. Yeah, and it can make you just feel like you're not as part of the team as, as other people are, maybe. And it's difficult, but it's like, you know, you have to figure out, like, what you prioritize. So speaking of friendships and their work, a big problem comes up in poaching. And the reason that Christine doesn't like Heather is because she heard that Heather was poaching a client and that the client was like, oh, you guys are from the same real estate group, which I guess poaching from other agents is like not great, but that's on you and the client is really not supposed to be looking at other uh, realtors, if you know you've developed this relationship, that wh- is why Maya feels really betrayed by Tall. But the reason that Christine has such a problem with Heather and says that they're not friends is because she thinks that Heather poached, was trying to poach a client from her. Dun dun dun. Competition. <laughs> Knowing what I know now about these people, I don't think that happened. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I don't think Heather was trying to poach a client. Interesting. So then at the end, uh, we have a little 
part with Christine and Mary, who are like codependent besties. Christine is like, I don't understand why I hold my tongue all the time. Like, why can't I just say what I want without people getting offended? And I was like, name one instance where you've held your tongue. She like is acting like she's like, she's like, I don't say anything. I don't say anything that I mean to say. And and then everyone just takes it like in such an offensive way. And I'm like, you've spent this entire episode just saying whatever you want. Yeah, Christine's whole thing is that she should be allowed to do whatever she wants with zero repercussions ever. And, and, then and if like, there's I a repercussion, people- it's your fault and you're being weird. Honestly, iconic. I honestly thought that you would maybe relate to that sentiment or desire at least a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> Why can't I just say, see, but here's the thing. I have the self-awareness. Like she's like, I filter myself all the time and I don't know why people are mad. Whereas me, I'm like, oh no, I know what I said. And I know that people are angry and I get it a little like like she's like a she's like an evil version of me, I think, in some ways. Yeah. So, okay, to close out, I just want to say I just want to ask why at the end of the day do people slash why do you, Allison Raskin, love these high end real estate shows. To me, it's really the cast. Like I don't watch any other show like this. Like I don't watch like any show that's more about just like listing. Yeah. Like those shows that like my mom loves, like on HGTV where they're just like, it's really about the house, like love it or leave it or flip or flop or anything. That's like actually about the real estate. No, thanks. Not for me. I think I just like this show because for whatever reason, this specific group of women have sucked me in. And they even did a spinoff show like Selling OC, but I haven't watched it because I'm like, I don't know those people. I don't care about their life. (laughs) (laughs) I do love seeing the real estate. I think it, it does alarm me because I feel like how easy is it the sliding scale of like I I have a two-bedroom house well I absolutely need a nine-bedroom house you know like why do you need 15 cars I guess is my question I feel like it's a really hard lesson to me and like the loss of perspective maybe or people that never even had that perspective because they come from very rich families like I've been researching a lot about the wealth consultants that they have on the show Succession And the ways in which these wealth consultants are like, no, this person is used to this. So they would do this. This person would never even think about it. Like, of course, their plain baseball cap costs $200. That's what they think a baseball cap costs. They don't know. They've never seen a cheaper baseball cap. So like that stuff has been really eye opening to me. And maybe we'll do another episode about that and about the wealth consultants on succession because it's really there was one part where they were like, none of these people wear coats. And the reason that they don't, you would maybe, if you if you weren't from that world, you would put them in these fancy coats, right? Obviously, they're rich. No, they don't wear coats because they go from their house to the, to the limousine car, to the next place, back to the car. They don't need a coat. And it was like these subtle details where I was like, oh, my God. So it's stuff like that where I'm like, how quickly do you? Well, that's the other lose? thing is like. I think that you see that in this cast, right? Because they didn't all come from wealth. They haven't all been born rich, but they've become a part of this world. And like how quickly you couldn't imagine any of them going backwards. Right. It's very interesting. This is, I think, one of the only things we've reviewed that we've just enjoyed. (laughs) It's so fun. (laughs) Yeah, Chriselle seems like a very good person. I don't know. 
Yeah, she's lovely. She's really I, – I would love for you to continue to watch and share more thoughts with me. Okay. And then eventually my like cherry on top is I get Chris Shell on the show. Oh, my God. I would die. I and then I steal so, her from T-Flip. I would T-flip. be so starstruck to talk to Chris Shell. <laughs> Hey girl, I'm I'm I know you got G flip. I'm G done. Oh no. Thoughts? Oh no. <laughs> well, Allison, where can people find you and more about you and hear more things of you? You can buy my book, Overthinking About You, Navigating Romantic Relationships When You Have Anxiety, OCD, and or Depression. Anywhere books are sold. You can check out my socials at Allison Raskin on Instagram and Twitter. I also have a mental health account called at Emotional Support Lady. That's also a Substack. And you can listen to Gabby and me yak away on Just Between Us every Wednesday. Yay! Thank you to Allison Raskin for being my guest. You can write in to badwithmoney at gabbyisbadwithmoney at gmail.com. You can also leave me a voice memo there. Uh, you can call in at 844-474-4040. We are on Discord, Instagram, TikTok, Patreon, everywhere. Uh, leave a five-star Apple review if you love me. You should also listen to the show the day it drops so we can get on the charts and spread the word. Okay, love you guys. Bye. Done.